There was a mother trying to get her son out of bed to go to church, and he said, I am not going. The service is terrible. The sermons are boring. The mother said, but you have to go. You're the pastor. <laughs> we uh, are called to be a people, and we all have a place in that people. And we see it in Nehemiah. He's gathering everybody together, but not just together, but together in the Lord. The word of the Lord is bringing them together. And, and Luke's gospel, Jesus is bringing all of us into his anointing. And Paul sums it all up. What does it mean to be the body of Christ? You know, we, we, how do we move from being an I, an independent individual I, to being a we? Uh, not just a we, but a we who have been loved and who have been graced. A couple who were trying to describe what worked in their marriage said, well, selflessness works, attentiveness to each other works, good communication works, respect works, encouragement works, deliberateness works, but work most of all in our marriage, they said, was grace. It was a grace that enabled them to move from just being an I to a we. A we who have been loved, a we who have been graced. Sometimes in January we get hit with what is called the noonday devil. And that's when you kind of begin to resist the grace. But you don't know it. There was a, a priest who was called to be a bishop in Minneapolis a few years ago. And it was a terrible situation. And after a while, he said, I hate being a bishop. I hate doing what I'm called to be doing here. I hate to be in these situations that I never asked to be in. And then he realized he was resisting a grace. The grace that he was called, the role that he was called to as part of the people of God, as part of the body of Christ. So we see in, in, in the gospel today, Luke is a doctor and he almost describes Jesus' ministry from the perspective of a doctor who's doing an autopsy. He said, I've examined this case thoroughly. Even the Greek word forms the word autopsy. I've looked at this with great certainty that Jesus is the anointed one and he's calling us into this anointing. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring glad tidings to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, and to proclaim a year acceptable to the Lord. Now Jesus is not teaching us that the traditional family is a form of oppression when he talks about freeing the oppressed. He's not talking about nation state is a total form of oppression. He's not talking about people who own private property or private property as a source of all oppression. What he is teaching us though is to be the body of Christ. In the body of Christ to each other in grace. We had the 
pro-life uh, rosary. Uh, even the little kids here in the first grade drew their, their pictures of pro-life and they prayed the rosary. The seniors in high school were leading the rosary at school. One girl said that she spent all night worrying about it, whether or not she could say her decade of the rosary. Well, she got through it beautifully. She did not resist the grace God gave her to play out her role in the body of Christ. Not to resist the grace that God gave you in a sacramental marriage or to resist the grace that God gave you to be a parent or to resist the grace that God gave you to be the special friend, to be the body of Christ to the sick. And so, you know, Paul says it so beautifully. How can the hand say to the eye, I don't need you? Each of you have a necessary place and a necessary grace in the body of Christ to move from an I to a we are the body of Christ. We're learning how to be a parish in the body, how to be a St. Patrick parish in the body of Christ. And uh, part of that will also uh, learn how to partake in the Senate that's coming up, how to be partakers in this mission to care for one another. And so we'll watch just a minute and a half of Bishop John Effort describing how we can all partake in this mission to be the body of Christ through the Senate. of the Diocese of Covington. I want to thank you for the part that you are about to take in this synodal process. You know, about 15 years ago here in the Diocese of Covington, uh, you experienced a diocesan synod, and many of you took part in that dialogue, that conversation. You know how important it is for determining the future pattern and direction of our local church. Now, Pope Francis has called for us to be part of a worldwide synod, a synod uh, for a synodal church, communion, participation, mission. He hopes that this synod about how we live together and journey together, uh, how uh, we uh, support one another and lift one another up and our communion with one another, how we participate in the life of the church and the church's worship and the church ministries of service, how we are prepared for mission to be the living mission of Jesus. Uh, all of that is the topic of conversation. 
Now, these synods of the worldwide church have happened every two or three years for the last several decades. Uh, but this one is unique because Pope Francis has called for this synod to begin with an extended process of consultation with the church throughout the whole world. That's where you and I come in. The Pope has asked that the bishops who will be part of the Synod in Rome hear from us about our strengths as a church in conversing and dialoguing and supporting one another and about the ways that we should grow. Thank you for your part in making that happen here in the Diocese of Covington. Now, I am going to uh, say goodbye so that your important conversation can begin. Thanks again for being such a vibrant and lovely church. So during Lent, uh, we'll begin that Senate process to begin again to learn how to be the body of Christ, the body of Christ in family, the body of Christ in the parish, the body of Christ in the world. Amen.